0: to stay in the room and continue to engage with even the most deplorable of one's political opponents with the thought that disagreement itself is necessarily disagreeable. And nevertheless, it's better that we disagree, that we fight our battles with words than we fight those battles with swords.
1: But I can disagree forcefully with you and maybe offend you in the process without fighting you. There is a distinction still between words and blows.
0: It's a distinction that I think increasingly is being put under pressure if we think about Austinian accounts of language. And a lot of contemporary theorists of hate speech and sexist speech would say, well, no words are actions, words do wound, and words do this essential work of creating and maintaining social hierarchies and status differentials. So what really interested me in looking to the 16th and 17th centuries for a theory of what I would call mere civility as this kind of minimal conversational virtue that makes difficult disagreements possible is that in that period, no one ever would have made the case that, oh, well, disagreement is okay because words don't really matter anyway. There's a strong sense of the importance of language and the importance of the word, so the word of God, the gospel, as something that must flow freely in society. So the question really becomes, how do you have difficult disagreements in a tolerant society without that society falling apart and collapsing into civil war.
1: You introduced this notion of mere civility. Could you just flesh that out a little bit? Tell us what it means.
0: So mere civility I would define as a minimal conformity to social norms of respectful behavior and specifically it's the minimum necessary to keep a conversation going. But you can tell right there from that definition that the particular demands of civility or mere civility in any given conversation will be